Welcome, everybody, to the Ride In NFL DFS podcast. Our betting the NFL draft series continues. Today, I am joined by Ryan Noonan of 4 for 4, uh, one of my colleagues. And we are going to talk some NFL draft prop bets, uh, see where we can find uh, you know, some inefficiencies and get our money down and, and win some money. Uh, on one of the only things we can win money on these days. So welcome, Ryan. If you want to, the first thing I want you to do is to tell the listeners exactly where they can find uh, your content. Thanks, Pat. I appreciate you having me on here. It sounded really good, too. Um, you know, Ryan Noonan of 4 for 4. So that's a, yeah. a new thing for me this year. I'm excited to be um, teammates with you over there. Just an amazing group of people. Um, with outstanding content that I've been a consumer of for years and just been uh, happy to be snatched up as a free agent, um, bringing over the Move the Line podcast along with uh, Connor. Connor and I have been friends for a few years. And then a couple of years ago, we just said, hey, we spend every weekend kind of chatting about betting lines and props. Why don't we just, why don't we hit record and see if there's an audience for that? Um, so we did that starting a couple of years ago. This will be our third season, but it'll now be hosted um, by the 4 for 4 team. So we're excited to doing um, some betting content and some DFS content when the season rolls around as well. So yeah, super, super stoked to be a part of the team. Awesome. Yeah. And Connor is actually going to be on a later episode uh, next week talking props as well. So you'll get to hear from Connor uh, more so towards the uh, Monday, Tuesday episode. So we're trying to do uh, an episode uh, once a day from now until the draft, probably not going to get that many in, but we already have a few already recorded. So a lot of content, a lot of uh, analysis from different perspectives for the listeners to kind of, uh, you know, listen, see where each person's coming from and choose which bets they think are worthwhile. Um, so the first thing I want to ask you is, you know, now that the draft is virtual, uh, one of the things that people are trying to put their finger on is, uh, will there be some type of impact? Now, obviously there's going to be an impact uh, being that it's virtual, but uh, do you think I've heard both sides of the coin with, in terms of trading, I, I've heard people say there's going to be less trade because not everyone's going to be in the same room. Um, you know, the GMs and different front office people aren't going to be able to just sit there and hash it out real quick. They're going to be in Zooms that are having difficulties and choppy service and all this kind of stuff. And they're not going to be able to get trades in while another team is on the clock in, in only a few minutes. And then I hear people say, well, you know, there's really no mini camp, no summer uh, summer camp, and that's going to require or that's going to bring about more trades because, you know, they're not going to want to invest in projects when they can't even work with them in their rookie season. So how do you think sure. it's going to shake out? No, those are all great points. I mean, it, you would think that just being virtual, um, it should be something that they can work around. You really think about it. Like essentially they are typically you'll, you'll have a handful of representatives in house at the draft location, right? Essentially just, you know, handling the phone and whatever the front office is telling you to do to, to hand in the card. Typically they're all together I just think that's that should probably still be the case. They're just together virtually. I think the one point I think you bring up is what's been impacted here is 
just all the pre-draft stuff as far as teams being able to, you know, have guys in-house and, and get their own hands on them, whether it's a medical situation or just a, a player eval standpoint, I think you're going to have to rely even more on the scouting work that's been done previously. Um, and I would imagine some teams rely more on that to a degree than others, whereas, you know, they bring guys in-house and, you know, you can get your own hands on them and get them on the whiteboard, those types of things. So I'm interested to see if, you know, that because, you you know, they don't necessarily have their guys per se um, because they haven't had them in-house. I wonder if that is is more impactful. I just I don't think that logistically because of it being virtual that that should impact it. I'm just wondering if just because they haven't been able to to see them and meet them, um, you know, and really get a read on people. Again, they've probably been doing that virtually, which I know they have. But I, th- I think that it's definitely something to watch. I, you know, some team will have some sort of hiccup. Um, you know, the low hanging fruit is always you know something like the Giants or something like that with with Gettleman. But <laughs> you would hopefully things like that should go off without a hitch. Yeah, I know uh, Dave Gettleman. I think I saw it on Twitter. He has like this ginormous binder of information. You know, not an Excel sheet, <laughs> not 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 a file that he could just you know, neatly scroll through. He has this huge binder with paper sticking out of it, and that's how he's going to go into the draft. Um, But since you are someone who is, you know, probably more in tune with prop betting than than most people, um, have the NFL draft prop bets that you have seen on different sites uh, been more uh, efficient or less efficient than you know the the weekly NFL draft prop bets. You know, like De- uh, DeAndre Hopkins over six point five catches. Yeah. Now we're betting on draft position. Has it been more or less efficient? Do you think? I think props in general are massively inefficient. I think this is a unique thing we have now with the draft because, as you said at the top, we literally have nothing else going on. Um, no offense if it's your thing, but like I just I can't bet on simulated Madden games or uh, one-on-one blacktop games on 2k and in League of legends and stuff like that. Like we're just so thirsty for actual sports content to bet on. I think we, and then we've also had an influx of just States being, uh, you know, legalizing sports betting. So we just have, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, a little bit of a wider marketplace than we had say even last year at this time. So um, with that said, they're still pretty inefficient. Uh, You see some stuff that just, doesn't move fast enough. And I really think that even though they're more efficient than they used to be props on a weekly basis are pretty inefficient. Things get posted sometimes Wednesday, Thursday night, and um, some of them really don't move. And those are, you know, things that if someone's new to betting, especially if you're coming over from the DFS space in particular, like if you're thinking of DFS builds, you know, that's an easy transition to get over into, into prop betting. Um, you know, looking at, you know, projecting, like you said, receptions or yards and you can even parlay and um you know correlated props where we think about how we're game stacking and thinking about things from a team perspective or a game perspective you can correlate in-game props pretty easily um and then that make a lot of sense so i i think that some of these numbers have been out here for a while on the on the draft props they're starting to get sharpened up a little bit but you still some, see some stuff that just hasn't moved and, and is probably getting hammered and i think part of that is because you know, books do limit what you can put on there. So they're not really right. killing themselves from a liability standpoint. That's obviously going to move a number. And I think if you have the ability, not all of us have the ability yet to really shop lines because you maybe you don't have access to a particular book or the way your state handles it. You don't have access to all those things. So in a perfect world, ideally, we'll all be able to shop props down the road. But for now, some of them just they aren't moving because the, the books aren't, aren't really being liable on one side or the other. 
Yeah, if if a sharp could log in and drop fifty k on a, on a prop, they'd be moving as fast as, as any line would be moving. You know, um, but that's the thing; you, you really can't. So, so for someone who doesn't have a huge bankroll and is trying to grow it, I think props is a great way to go. So, uh, for the NFL draft in particular, what kind of props do you feel you you are trending towards? Long shots? Are you trying to find one or two out of you know out of eight or ten that are going to pay you big money? Um, are you trying to lay a ton of money just to just to get a return? Are you looking for you know pre-selected parlays? How, are you hedging? Uh, how are you attacking these prop bets? Uh, see, I know there are a lot of smart people um, that hedge really well. You know, especially if they are out over their skis a little bit on some you know bets they made early, finding some ability to you know middle on things if they don't like what that previous bet was. I think is really smart. Um, personally, I think that this the process in general is such a crapshoot and you think about how mock drafts are done and scored. And, you know, if, if you're a really good mock drafter, um, you know, you're maybe going to land 10, 11 guys on the right team, even and, and maybe not even in the right spot. And because this is such a, an interesting season for the draft with all that's going on in the world, you know, I feel like the variance levels is jumped up a notch even more. So I feel like, embracing the variance and leaning into some long shots um, and even parlays if it is it is possible again you just want to create in my opinion the ability to you know maximize and kind of lean into the variance and maximize those outcomes you know laying a ton of money on a situation where like you know looking at like two is over under right there's there's so many things that play with that as far as like does someone tr- you know trade up to get him um, there are so many things that we can speculate on based on what we know now, which is no trades versus what happens when teams are on the clock and they move and how those little things can have trickle down effects to the rest of the draft and how it relates to a position. And so I think really leaning into the fact that it's such a high variant event. Um, I just, I rarely ever want to lay, um, lay money if I don't have to, I, I want to take plus odds when I can, I want to find situations where I can parlay, um, odds to get plus odds i feel like those things are are probably the the sharpest way to build a bankroll in this too because it's just it's really hard and, and feeling like you know this is a sure thing there is nothing further than a sure thing than than the nfl draft and the outcome of it yeah imagine laying 10 grand to win 100 on burrow going to the Bengals, right. and then it doesn't happen yeah like <laughs> just yeah you just never know i mean someone everyone their brother feels like chase young is an absolute lock. And I wrote something a couple of weeks ago that's probably dead now, but at the time it just seemed like, Hey, who knows? Like someone could trade up into that two spot and not want to wait. And they have been playing coy and they really want Tua. and the Redskins know that they can drop a little bit and get their guy and, and things happen. So it seems a little bit like what's not going to happen now, but like it's to that point, like we think that chase young is such a lock at two and it just doesn't take much for something like that to change really quickly. All right, so without further ado, let's get to your first pick for your prop bet for the listeners to, uh, you know, take a gander at themselves. What do you have as uh, your first prop? Yeah, just in one of the standard bets you can get, uh, you can get this on DraftKings and FanDuel, is uh, cornerbacks in the first round. I'm going to take the over on four and a half. Um, it's pretty flat on both sites. You can get in at minus 115. Uh, you know, Jeffrey Okuda is a lock um cj henderson absolutely a lock as well 
in the first round. And then if you go over to DraftKings, looking at the guys that they project to be in the top 32, so guys with first round picks, you have seven guys that they're projecting with uh, odds to land in the first round. I have not seen many mocks that don't have five. Um, you have Kristen Fulton, who's minus 715 to land in the first round. Uh, and then you have both AJ Terrell and Jalen Johnson at minus 177. That right there would be five guys. Then you also have um, Trayvon Diggs, who I know is a big one for Alabama betters, the people who are looking to bet the over-under on Alabama players in the first round. He's minus 150 to go in the first round. That's six guys. And then you also have Jeff Gladney, who I think is maybe better odds just straight up than a lot of these guys to go in the first round. You know, that's a guy that could go even to Oakland as high as 19. He's minus 121. So he's the seventh guy. Um, with what you would consider positive odds to go into the first round at the cornerback position. So over four and a half seems pretty solid. Uh, you know, looking at mocks, I respect some guys over at uh, the draft network, I'm seeing five and six, Evan Silva had six in his first mock or his most recent mock. So uh, over four and a half seems like a good play. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the one that I'm going to shout out here is one that if you listen to the previous podcast, uh, with Benjamin Robinson, one that we already talked about, but I just feel so strongly about it that I want to mention it on both podcasts. I'll probably mention it on every podcast until the line moves a little bit. Um, and that is the over on Jake from 60.5. For currently, you can, it's on William Hill at 60.5. I shopped it around. It's, it's in similar, in a similar neighborhood at, at some other books as well. Um, but Benjamin Robinson from Grinding the Mocks is someone who just aggregates mock draft data. And currently, uh, over the last couple of weeks, Fromm has taken a huge dip in expert mocks. Um, you know, I don't know if, if it's sources saying that, uh, you know, teams are shying away from Fromm or whatever it may be. Uh, but he is currently uh, in the neighborhood of uh, low 90s pick, you know, so like somewhere towards the back end of the third round, top of the fourth round. And his line, like we mentioned, you know, these props just don't move. And his line currently on William Hill is 60.5. So you're getting 30 spots of leeway there. I really like the over on where Jake Fromm is going to go. And I mean, if I told you right now that Jake Fromm was going to be taken in the second round, you probably wouldn't believe me. So I think that that, that bet is uh, a solid one. How about your second? That's a good one. A guy that you can get out there too, just, um, compared to Jake Fromm is, is Jalen Hurts. Um, I like Jalen Hurts under 60 and a half, and that's even odds minus 110 over on DraftKings. I think there's a lot of buzz, a lot of good buzz with Jalen Hurts. Um, I think that uh, I currently was working on a mock, and good for those guys that do that. Is a, uh, it must be a labor of love because I did two rounds, and it was mm. – it was painful. Um, and then those poor people put those things on Twitter and then just get just destroyed, just yeah, dest- shredded, just yeah. dragged for <laughs> anything that anyone disagrees with. It's just, people are awful, but um, you know, actually Connor, my podcast and me, he did one yesterday. We were talking cause we were both doing it at the same time. And then like a moron, he put it on Twitter and I just I'm like, what, what are you doing? You're just begging for, you're just begging for people to come at you and your, and your mentions. But Jalen hurts is uh, someone that I think, uh, goes in the second round comfortably. I could see him um, it, landing with the Patriots is, is something that I think is is very possible. Um, teams that you know we do have a lot of 
quarterback thirsty teams here. There's a couple guys, obviously they're going to go in the top in the first round that make a lot of sense, but um, there are some other guys and some teams that need to be looking to adjust a position that don't have anyone or, or don't really have anyone long-term. And, you know, obviously hurts has had lots of questions, but is a solid pedigree um, and, you know, has trended well. So I like him going pretty comfortably in the second round. So getting him under 60 and a half definitely feels like a, a good number at even odds. Yeah, and I mean, I feel like you can – someone like Jalen Hurts has a pretty wide range of outcomes. So if you have a feeling that the buzz is there and that he's going to uh, – you know, a team's going to come up from – a lot of times you see teams, you know, they just get antsy with quarterback because they feel like, what if this is the guy? What if this is our franchise guy? And you'll see them trade up into uh, the second round if they don't have a second-round pick or try to move up higher. So I do like – Jalen Hurts coming off the board uh, before 60 uh, as well. That's a really good pick. The next one I'm going to pick is probably one that's going to be that I would probably get dragged <laughs> through the mud maybe if uh, I put this on Twitter. And it's under 5.5 wide receivers in round one. So um, this is something else that I talked to Benjamin about uh, from grinding the mocks. He currently has five wide receivers going based on like the aggregation of all the mocks. And would I be surprised if someone like, um, you know, Jalen Rager or LaVisca Chenault or Brandon Ayuk or even T Higgins slipped into the first round and made it six? Uh, no, but currently uh, at betonline.ag, if you have an account there, and I'm sure you could find it similar odds in in different neighborhoods, it's almost two to one on your money that it'll be under 5.5 plus 185 on online. So I think, I mean, obviously Judy Lamb and Ruggs are a lock. Um, I think Mims is becoming more of a first round lock as well. And I think we're going to see Justin Jefferson slide a little bit. I'm not sure he's going to slide out of the first round, but I think, um, I think that just the overall deepness of the class is going to have anybody in the 20 range looking for a wide receiver, you know, maybe pull the trigger on a position that's a little bit more scarce and wait for a Higgins or a Chenault or even a Chase Claypool later on, or even a Van Jefferson uh, later on in the second or third round. Um, so I like under 5.5 wide receivers. Yeah, I like that too. It's plus 200 on DraftKings. And part of why I like it is just because it's, to your point, it's a super deep position in this draft, and we're getting plus odds on it. We're getting two-to-one odds on it, and while it is based on the number itself, it's showing us that it's less likely to happen than than the over. Like you said, it's really easy to make a case for, for six guys going, but because it's such a high-variant position, it's you're going to need a couple guys to go into the back end of the first round, and that's an easy spot for people to trade back into to solidify like mm-hmm. a, a need that they have, or whether it's addressing a quarterback that they don't want to wait on like things like you said that's kind of my point at the top like it just it's it's a very high variant event lean into places where you get plus a plus number and you know this is one of those spots and how about your third uh prop of the day Uh, this one is uh not for the faint of heart i actually had a um i like the tristan wars prop i know that you talked about that one with with amico i wanted to give something that is um Different and then a little bit on brand for me. Uh, at the end of our Move the Line podcast, I always have a parlay. And uh, I know that there are professional bettors out there, um, which I am not one of. Um, but I I find parlays to not only be fun, 
Um, but with a little bit of thought process behind it, you can increase your odds. I know that they are considered fishy by some, but um, you know, as long as you're not reckless with them, I think that they can be, um, they can be really smart. So basically I took um, the position of the first pick. So looking at the team and looking at the position that they're going to take in there with their first pick, um, all of these are, um, if you bet by themselves, they're all minus 400. So, um, but I parlayed them and the parlay itself ends up being plus money plus uh, 144. So okay. Atlanta addressing defense in the first round. Um, basically if you find a mock draft that doesn't have the Falcons taking, uh, whether it's Henderson, if he falls as a corner, or, you know, looking at, uh, you know, a defensive line or, you know, an edge rusher. Um, I just haven't seen anything that doesn't have the Falcons taking a defensive player. Um, Dallas as well. I know you'll occasionally see a wide receiver, whether it's a you know Jefferson or something mock there. I think that they address defense if they can. Um, I think that that's probably highly likely. I think the Jets take a lineman first, um, and that way they can get a receiver in the second rounds. But I think either way, they're definitely addressing offense with their first pick. And Tampa Bay as well, I think, addresses the offensive line with their first pick, whether they sit still or even trade up, which you see a lot of. But them addressing the offensive line seems to be the play. So parlaying the four of those together plus money, um, I think is pretty sharp. I'll have to hit the back 15 uh, a couple times to hear that again, but I am going to scratch that one down and I'm going to probably tell you on, on that because I love a good parlay for plus money uh, myself. So these next few, I'm just going to, you know, throw out there. You can give me a sentence on why you feel that way, but it'll kind of be more like rapid fire. Do you have a favorite long shot? We'll say plus 700, seven to yeah, one Yeah, I like C.J. Anderson – or C.J. Henderson, I'm sorry. Um, I do not like C.J. Henderson. Um, I like, <laughs> like C.J. Henderson, <laughs> quarterback out of Florida, um, at plus 700 to land in the top 10. Um, I think that there's a high likelihood – that he could land at Jacksonville at nine. And, um, you know, we've seen it in years past. I think that, you know, we talk about how loaded this draft is with receivers, some pretty good corners as well. I mean, we talked about it with my, uh, my first pick, but um, you know, teams are addressing top line possible shutdown corners earlier and earlier in the draft. Um, going back to a couple of years ago, everyone thought that, uh, you know, they're, the Browns are going to take uh Bradley Chubb and they went ahead and took Denzel Ward ahead of him, you know, basically saying, mm -hmm. I want to take a look at, you know, the back end of my defense versus pass rush. So I think we see a, a push there. We know that the Jags are long on needs and uh, I think cornerback is definitely a place that they need to address. So I think getting him at plus 700 is uh, is a nice number. I like it a lot. How about in the opposite direction? If someone has, you know, 500 or or $1,000 and they just want uh, a 100 or $200 return. Is there anything worth laying big Good money Lord. on? Go to your, like, and, and go to investments. Like, <laughs> take out a yeah. <laughs> Roth IRA. With the, I just do something else because it just, I mean, we know Joe Burrow is going first, right? I mean, it, it just is silly to lay that kind of money, though, um, to have to sweat that out for really nickel and dime type of return. It just isn't a bet that I like to make and. I know it's probably plus EV over the long haul, but it's just not, uh, it's not how I want to spend my bankroll. Right. Um, I would say maybe uh, DeAndre Swift to be the first running back off the board is like minus 325. That might be as 
as risky as I get there because I think he's pretty pretty much yeah. a lock to come off the board first. Um, who do you think the first wide receiver draft? I don't know. I don't know if I is the first wide receiver drafted, but I think the only one to bet on would be Rugs because you're getting the best number of the bunch, and there's just enough steam. Um, whether it's just front office talk or what you're seeing in mocks that he could be the first wide receiver, the significant odds compared to CD lamb and Jerry Judy and get him at plus two twenty five on, on DraftKings. So again, this is not something it's not what I would do, but uh, there's enough smoke there. So give me rugs at uh, plus two twenty five. I, I think he's significantly um, worse of a prospect compared to the other two, but uh, it doesn't matter what I think. Yeah, I mean, I've seen a lot of, uh, you know, smoke about maybe the Broncos uh, coming up for him. You know, I know I know the Browns are looking to trade back, according to sources. So <laughs> not my sources, but according to someone else's sources that the Browns are looking to come out of that spot. Um, and I think one of the potential suitors is uh, the Broncos, whether they're coming up for uh, rugs or whomever. Uh, I think we might see the Broncos try to leap ahead and, and get their per, their preferential uh wide receiver, especially, you know, the Jets, the Raiders, and the Niners yeah. all have a need right before them. And then if those if they come off the board one, two, three there, then the the Broncos are kind of left out in the cold. So I think we might see the Broncos move up there. Um how do you see offensive tackle shaking out? I know it's not really a sexy position, but it's one that's coveted by teams. How, how do you see that? Yeah, I think there's been enough out? steam at least this week, and I think you probably see it too is is uh, Tristan Worfs being probably the, the first one off the board. Um, he is plus 120. I think the best way to bet that though is just to bet him at plus 200 to land with the Giants. Um, a lot of basic no trade happening type mock drafts have the first three picks being, you know, Burrow, Chase Young, and then uh, if the Lions hold Pat, you know, addressing corner with Jeffrey Akuda. Um, I think the Giants, you know, there's some talk about Isaiah Simmons there, and I think that that's a really good pick too. I, I think that they, you know, they obviously have invested heavily on the offensive side of the football the last couple drafts with Saquon and then Daniel Jones. I think really solidifying that offensive line makes sense. And you know they have a they have a ton of needs. There's the ability, obviously, with an early second round pick to maybe be able to get you know a Patrick Queen if he's left hanging around. You know, um, you know Zach Bond, if they someone like that where they can address some edge pressure type stuff. Um, so I think Worfs is probably the best guy. I'd rather just bet him plus 200 of the Giants. Yeah, I mean, uh, that is – I've seen a lot of mocks with Werfs to the Giants. Uh, I see It's funny, though, because I've seen some mocks with yeah. all four of those top tackles, um, you know, Thomas, Becton, Wills, all going to the Giants or all being the first – tackle off the board so maybe some value to be had there if you can uh, glean some insight i know i'll previously on this podcast we've said that we had we had wills uh, under 8.5 and we have um or i'm sorry yeah no we have worse under 8.5 and wills under 10.5 um as plays from last week uh, wills has come down to 8.5 however uh, maybe a hedge with uh becton or or thomas to the Giants might uh, might have to be in the cards for me uh, based based on That's how smart. the numbers sh- shake out. Um, 
Yeah, so let's see uh, Let's see where you think uh, the landing spots are going to be for a few of these players. And it's kind of ones that I've been asking everybody. Um, let's start with the receivers. How do you see Judy, Ruggs, and Lamb shaking out uh, since we were just talking about them? If you had a guess, where do you think? Yeah, I think I would take um, – I think you, to your point, I mean, we could see Ruggs very much going first. Um, I have him going first there to the Raiders. Um, I can get that at plus 400 just seems like a Raiders pick, right? Like just speed. Um, you know, they obviously have a, a massive need at the position. I think that that makes a lot of sense. The number's pretty good. Um, Jerry Judy to the Niners, which is just frightening um, what that offense could look like and that team could look like again. Um, I think he is the – I'd give him a slight edge over Lamb. I think he is an outstanding prospect. And um, I think plus 450 for him for the Niners makes a lot of sense. And um, if uh, the Jets get in the mix, like you said, the Broncos could be in trouble, but you can stay home maybe and get Lamb, um, and that's plus a thousand. So ten to one odds to to get Lamb, I think, is uh, is wow. a great number. So, yeah, I mean, Lamb to the Broncos is something that I really didn't um, even consider. But now that you say that, I mean, uh, that that's just might be too good to pass up. Uh, according to the aggregated mock drafts on grinding the mocks, and it's something that I've been paying a lot of attention to this off season. It looks like Rugs is the is like the, the, the top choice, um, but you know there's always weird things that happen. Uh, there's always variance within the draft, and man, if you have if you can work it out where Lamb uh, lands at the Bron- lands to the Broncos, um, even if you have to hedge. Or even if it is a hedge for you to bet it now at this point, because you have something else, um, I think that's uh, definitely a smart play. All right, let's let's transition over to the quarterbacks. Yeah. Obviously, Burrow's going to the Bengals. Um, something that we talked about on this podcast was Tua plus two fifty to the Chargers, which we bet last week. Um, but and then when I when I logged off uh, the when we me and Amico got done recording, I went back to Will Hill to make sure it was still two fifty, and it actually had moved up to. Uh, plus 300 so i got a little nice. bit added a little bit more on um and now it's down to now it's down to minus 150 um to it of the chargers so i it's being bet in the opposite direction or they have some type some type of intel which i doubt uh but maybe it's just you know the the, the money coming in is moving that line where do you see Tua Herbert? And then I'll throw in Jordan Love at the back yeah, end there. Where still, do you see those uh, plus money on Tua over on DK, uh, plus 150. But obviously that 300 number is nice. Um, I, I don't want to get creative with these two. It just seems pretty straightforward that that's how these two are going to shake out. There's enough talk that Miami is, um, is Herbert over Tua, which I really think could be laughable historically. Um I just don't know how, yeah. and I get it. Like it's, he is, he's had a bunch of injuries, you know, you haven't been able to get your team docs to look at him and, and all of those things, but man, like we've all thought Tua was just, you know, tank for Tua. It was not necessarily once in a generation kind of a quarterback, but a, a surefire franchise quarterback for, you know, a, a dozen years and right. You know, Left-handed with a little bit of mobility and, um, <laughs> I don't know that we were wrong on that yeah. per se, but I get why teams are, you know, reluctant to tie their, their job to someone being able to stay healthy and people are going to, um, people are going to regret it. So that'd be great for the Chargers. I mean, if you want to get into some narrative stuff too, I mean, 
they don't have any fans. No one is a Chargers fan, really. There are very few of them out there. I don't want to be disrespectful to, to anyone, but like they don't fill that stadium for the home team per se. You know, they need something. They lost Phillip Rivers. They moved to LA, like Tua in LA. That would be a, a dream spot for, for them to be able to get them. So I think Chargers for Tua and then Miami again for, for Herbert, still plus money, plus 140. Um, just seems to make too much sense. Yeah, I think to your point, if the Chargers do anything crazy there, like if they, I see some people saying that, that you know, Tua may fall because of the the lack of knowledge about his injury. Uh, imagine if they pass on Tua and like take, you know, I don't know, Makai Becton or something. The, they would rip possible. that stadium like, it down. It seems like Miami can take a, an offensive line. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. I know. I know. All right. So the way we are going to wrap up this show, we're going to do it the way we wrap up every prop bet show and it's just a fun way we forgot to, one, to kind of go we out one. we are going to rapid fire oh jordan love my bad my bad i yeah, think he's going to the colts you see jordan um, love landing i was really surprised that that number wasn't better it's plus 400 um they don't have anything long term they obviously made a stand by saying that jacoby Brissett is not the guy they gave rivers a crap ton of money but just for one year so pretty easy to get out of that and then they have they obviously traded their first round pick to the Niners. They don't have that, but they do have two pretty early second round picks. They have enough ammo to work their way back into the bottom part of the second round. And uh, I think there'll be enough teams there looking to trade down. Um, I think New England in particular would be a really good spot. And, um, you know, that a lot of people have him being mocked in that area. Um, so I think that Jordan Love makes a lot of sense for the Colts. Yeah, and I mean, that would be a great landing spot for him as well. I think they could, you know, Frank Reich uh, could do some could do some work there and potentially turn him into uh, at least a, a serviceable, if not on the higher end, uh, an above average NFL quarterback. You know, the scouts and a lot of teams I've, I've been reading um, are in love with his potential. So for him to land in a spot that can – you know, get the most out of them. That would be huge for Jordan Love. Um, currently, nineteen point five over under. Um, I, I was I was all in on the over. I do already have money on it at nineteen point five. Um, but the more I hear, uh, the more I, I think maybe someone comes up into the teens. Maybe it's the Colts. Maybe the Colts can get into yeah. that that sixteen seventeen range and uh, package those two those two picks. Um, so it's not a bet that I love, but I already have money down on it uh, um, at this point. All right, so now we are going to get into the novelty props. These aren't really anything that I would put too much money on, but I think there are some that you could definitely, uh, you know, uh, see coming in one way or the other. So the first one is, will a team have technical difficulties? Now, yes is minus 500 Ooh. in most places. So obviously you are going to have to lay a lot of money yeah so so basically you have to hope and but no is plus 300 so there's some value there if you think everybody's got their zooms in order um what do you think yes or no yeah not, not i mean i think it's, i think it does happen there. uh you just i know we rely on technology i know i do my job every day i know you're having to as a teacher now having to, to do stuff from home you're gonna have to 
you deal with that a little bit more now than probably even you mm -hmm. used to, but someone will have something. Um, I wouldn't lay the money, but uh, it's yeah. going to happen. <laughs> yeah. So over under uh, the amount of people shown in the same rules, uh, do you think that all of the draftees that are going to be on virtual camera <laughs> will adhere to the 10 or less because uh, that line is at man uh, i hope 0. i hope we all stay under um are there what are the odds yeah uh well, they, i'm yeah, pretty sure it would lean under just some sort of hope in humanity thinking that yeah. uh you know i think maybe a handful of people you know if you had your family whoever you've hopefully been sequestered with this entire time it's not the time to bring everyone over uh yeah, it's yeah. Uh, uncle, uh, all the unks that, that you know, <laughs> you can have on a Zoom could, call after. Stay home, yeah. right? <laughs> all the unks that want a piece of the pie. Yeah. Uh, will a draft be uh, I don't think so. A beer? That would be How about even champagne? better. Um, just popping a bottle. You could see them like day two or three. Like, um, yeah. You know, someone who maybe doesn't think they're going to get drafted and all of a sudden they do. That'd be the draftee. So I wonder if like, how the, the books are going to grade this too. Like, is it, do you see it happen? Is it like, I think okay. these are all, I think these are all nice. Cause I could see drops, someone like so the background popper and champagne, yeah. but then how it gets scored is like the draftee didn't do it. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's the draftee. No, yeah, it's the draftee. Will, will that particular person pop it? So I'm, I'm going to say we're going to lean towards maybe it happens, but I yeah. don't know if it'll be that specific player um how about dogs uh shown during round one three point seems a little high um seems a little high I feel like we'll see a dog but uh you know i know like you saw Schefter tweeting about his dog the other day and like so you know, we'll see something but three and a half seems high right so i i think maybe the the the, the list of of people that will be virtual um the list of players that will be virtual came out and i want to say it was upwards of 50 some uh players that will be shown on draft night so i think there's pretty good odds that you might get over over <laughs> on the dogs how about cats at, at just one just one needs to be shown for you to win the draft or win the we know there's some the, cat owners uh, there's gonna be 50 the plus guys someone's, someone's got a cat out there so Whereas the dog, like you'll yeah. be more, like, if you didn't want cat, the dog right? to, to get in the shot, like you'd be more apt to put him in a separate room or something like that. Whereas like the cats just kind of do their own thing anyway. So they could just arbitrarily just walk across the couch and you wouldn't be able to control it. So yeah. I think that I like that one more than the dog number. I actually think that that's, that's a good point. You know, dogs, a lot of times, um, if there's a lot of people around, could be a, a tad bit of a, of a nuisance. Yeah. So, like, you put them in the basement or something with a couple of their toys. You know, cats, they, they just kind of hide on their own, and half the time you don't know where they're at. So, so cats over. I like that as well. And then the last one that we've, that we've talked about is who will Joe Burrow embrace first? Mom, mm. dad, girlfriend, sibling, and friend. In that order that's are interesting. the You know, the odds. that could just be – random proximity like you know who's you would think mom like if it's if we're doing like the green room typically most likely mom and dad have that first seat so like and maybe lean to dad because his number is a little bit longer but in this situation like he could be on the couch with with anybody if they're i don't know what the girlfriend situation is but hopefully not friend yeah um but yeah maybe maybe sibling um because you're getting such a good number on the number yeah it's plus 700 yeah, so he has some brothers um yeah 
a lot of times I think it's not even up to Burrow. You'll see when he gets picked, um, or you've seen this in the past. <laughs> uh, you know, not that I went back and analyzed film on. We got I time. Grind, I didn't grind the tape on, right now. on who embraces who, but you know, a lot of times, yeah. A lot of times you'll see like a a friend that wants to just get some some TV time or a brother that wants to be on the TV. Like as soon as the picks made, just walks over and gives them the old daps them up. And maybe that's the case. Maybe the seven to one sibling or friend is the way to go there. Who knows? All right. Well, that will do it for this episode of the Ride In NFL DFS podcast. You can check all of Ryan's stuff out at 4 for 4, Move the Line podcast. Subscribe to that. And you can follow him on Twitter at RYNoonan. Ryan, it was great to have you. Thanks for coming for on sure, the, the Ride In. Really appreciate it. We're going to have our first official Move the Line episode. Um, should be in podcast feeds on Monday. We're having a uh, um, Evan Silva joining us this weekend to give us his thoughts on his latest mock and then talking some of his favorite props as well. So keep a lookout for that. Awesome. Awesome. Yep. All right. Right. Oh, oh, oh. All I see is signs. All I see is dollar signs.